All right, one week from today, I will be coming on the air. I can tell you exactly what I'll be reminding you. Do not pay attention to exit polls and the mob and the media because they're so wrong so often. Uh, Wrong in 2000, wrong in 2004. Uh, Let's see, wrong in 2016, and who knows whether they'll be right or wrong this year. All polling, they don't seem to learn from any of their mistakes. I spent a lot of time talking to pollsters yesterday off air. Uh, Robert Kahali, who runs the uh, Trafalgar uh, polling, they, they nailed it in 2016. Rasmussen nailed it. I talked a lot to Matt Towery. Uh, Matt Towery actually sent me a note today. He thinks he's figured out exactly where the polling companies are getting everything wrong. And his take is, and it was very similar to what uh, what Robert was saying from Trafal- uh, Trafalgar, which is that one of the major disconnects in the polls, national surveys showing men almost evenly split over Trump and Biden. And, for example, he looked at Investors Business Daily in the latest YouGov poll but in the battlegrounds, he polled men preferred Trump on average by 11 points, and they know that number is correct. These pollsters also using panels or cell phone users who have agreed in the past to be interviewed, and they're getting these hyper-political center-left uh, respondents who really skew the male vote, and he thinks that, you know, they did it the last four years. They've gotten away with it. This is why their their models they're both saying that they're way off. Rasmussen had a 13-point bounce in just three weeks with, I don't know, I didn't look at it today, but we had Trump uh, down 12 three weeks ago. Now is up by one uh, as of yesterday. And now we have two polls showing that the president is winning in Pennsylvania, not by a lot, very tight. And two in Michigan was, and one winning Wisconsin. So at the end of the day, I still think it always comes down, you know, assuming that the president uh, holds Florida, Ohio, a lot of assumptions here, Georgia and North Carolina, which is a little tighter than anybody would like. So if you're in North Carolina, especially pay attention that your vote's going to matter there. Same in Arizona, tight. Uh, But things seem to be breaking and breaking heavy for Donald Trump at this point. I also think the Democrats have miscalculated the fear factor of the American people. It's it's the American people understand what final phase human trials of a vaccine actually mean for them and their family and and for this invisible enemy. You know, when you start these trials with as many as 30,000, some of them have even expanded to 44,000 people uh, in late July, and you're continuing them uh, by August at the end of October, uh, the only reason they've been able to go on this long is because, number one, nobody's dying from the vaccine. Number two, antibodies are being created, just like in phase two human trials. And number three, whatever side effects there might be are not enough to stop the trial because if they were severe enough they would they would stop the whole thing right there in its tracks that it's we had one or two minor stops and they get restarted right away when they determine it's not vaccine related so uh a lot most people get that we are now about to turn the corner around the bend if you will 
and uh, we'll be able to uh, move forward as a country fully opening up. We're also going to have some good news, I think, by Friday as it relates to the economy. When do third quarter GDP numbers come out? I think they come out Friday morning, right? I mean, it could be 25, 30 percent, maybe higher. I mean, massive. It will probably shatter every record for GDP growth for any quarter in the history of the country. Uh, as the and the country is not even fully opened up, a lot of these blue states are still shut down. Uh, you know, like they were in March for crying out loud. And you have these liberal governors, liberal states. They're not letting they're not letting businesses get up and running. The problem is those businesses will never get back in business. It just it's going to be mathematically, financially impossible for them to ever reopen their doors again. And and that is and all you hear out of Biden is this fear. Also, if you listen to the mob and the media and Joe Biden, I mean, Biden, it's just covid, covid, fear, panic, fear, panic goes to Georgia today. Fear, panic, panic, fear. You know, you would think we made no progress in the treatment of coronavirus when just the opposite is true. And probably exhibit A would be the 74-year-old president uh, that got Regeneron, uh, which, by the way, is going to be made available to every American now. And Eli Whitney has a similar product itself that creates antibodies faster and kills off the virus, uh, along with Remdesivir and other therapeutics that they've developed, certain steroids that they've now found as our medical aid team have repeated often on this program, uh, they're, they're trying to convince you in the mob and the media uh, that this has just gotten worse. We knew there'd be different spikes here and there, and they're, they're happening. We knew there probably would be with the colder weather, people going indoors, ventilation systems. Uh, but they're trying to say that the hospitalization levels, you know, hospitals are now being overrun and overwhelmed with COVID patients. So Kaylee McEnany was asked about it on Fox this morning and said that as of right now, just 6% of American hospital beds are occupied by COVID patients. Anyway, we did some checking. The website that keeps track of coronavirus hospitalizations versus capacity on a state-by-state basis, it's called the Becker's Hospital Review. They have the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations state-by-state, And as of today, October the 27th, their numbers as it relates to COVID hospitalizations uh, versus hospital bed capacity for the states where COVID case count uh, case case counts are now been growing. Uh, Wisconsin, for example, is at the top of the New York Times list as a state with the fastest growing rate of hospitalized coronavirus patients uh, with one thousand three hundred and fifty while the hospital bed capacity is over 12,000. That's about 10, 11% of the hospital beds. That means 89% of the state's hospital beds are available for other patients with other illnesses. That's not overrun. It's not overrunning the hospitals. Because remember, with the new therapeutics, more people can be treated and not have to be hospitalized at all. One of the things we learned is all the talk about ventilators, ventilators, ventilators is It's best to keep people off of ventilators because the odds, if you got on one, of survival went down dramatically for a lot of different reasons. I won't give you the medical analysis of it, although I've interviewed doctors about it. Um, In Illinois, now it's just 8% of of hospital beds occupied by COVID patients. 
Uh, they looked at Tennessee, and that's six percent of the beds there. Um, which, by the way, what about big states? New York, Florida, Texas. Well, New York, it's about two percent of hospital beds. Florida, it's about four percent. Texas, about eight percent. California, four percent. Um, and I'll tell you another thing that's coming through is that young people have had it with these shutdowns. And, you know, you can see it with all these schools that have, in fact, reopened. And even when they're having hotspots break out at some of these these schools, uh, most of these kids are experienced zero to very mild symptoms. And again, we're back to the most critical people to protect with COVID are older people, and they are being protected. And the new therapeutics are saving a lot more lives than we were in the beginning because we've learned a lot. Although listening to Joe Biden and his list of things that he would do that have already been done is redundant. I mean, you're going to die. No, no, we're not going to die. It's not going to be a dark winter. We'll have a vaccine by winter that will be available for any elderly person that's going to want one. You'll have the therapeutics available for every American that needs it. Anyway, um, you know, interesting side note, too. I noticed Reuters has a poll out uh, about Biden's supporters. Now, I wonder if Joe Biden's ever going to be able to be asked a question. But 43 percent of Biden's supporters are saying they will not accept the results of the election if Joe Biden loses. Well, wait a minute. I thought that was only a question for Donald Trump. Smaller portions would take, you know, according to some, they will not accept a Trump victory. Is that a threat? Well, 41 percent of Americans who want to reelect Trump said they wouldn't accept the Biden win. It's actually less. Smaller portions would take action to make their displeasure known. Twenty two percent of Biden supporters, 16 percent of Trump supporters said they would engage in street protests or even violence if their preferred candidate loses. Unbelievable. That we even are talking about this. You know, we had a situation, a shooting took place, police shooting in the streets of Philly. I guess a, a white, a knife wielding uh, guy, uh, you know, moving towards police officers got shot. I looked at the video. You know, once again, it reinforces my view that we need to give police more non lethal alternatives. I keep telling everybody I bought this, uh, I bought. This product, it's called Burner. I actually bought a couple of them. B-Y-R-N-A. Go to their website. And what's phenomenal about it is it shoots projectiles. And I actually get a laser because I can't see like I used to. I can't hear like I used to. Can't see like I used to. Anyway, getting old. But anyway, um, and I can hit a target from 30 feet away. And what happens is it's got... Although New York has different laws, so I have the weaker version of projectile to follow the laws of New York. It's so stupid. But for most states, you can get it with tear gas and two separate pepper sprays, and it's called Burner Black. And what you end up doing is it literally, if you go, you know, if if you aim top masks on somebody and you hit them with the projectile, uh, it explodes and tear gas and pepper spray, you know, burst into somebody's face and they're incapacitated and you can get away in the case of a police officer law enforcement officer you know if you're 10 feet away and or eight feet away or whatever it happens to be and somebody does have a knife you can stop them if you make a mistake at least the person's not dead 
you know, where you don't have only one option. You know, when you talk about these tasers, they're close quarter weapons and they're not that great. I just think every law enforcement officer needs a plan B, something other than a firearm. And that that would be something like burner. I just happen to like this product. I'm a customer. I have no financial interest in it. Uh, and uh, I although I wish I did, to be honest, that's an, just a great product. And, you know, for people, even it's great to have in your house. You know, there, there are going to be cases where cops have to use deadly force. But there are cases I and I watched this video many times from Philly, this with this guy with the knife yesterday. And I just wish that the cops had another nonlethal alternative that they could have at least attempted first. And if it works, great. Then you'd be able to apprehend the suspect with ease because they'd be incapacitated for a period of time with the tear gas and the pepper spray exploding in their face. And the good news is then you can, you know, save a life in the process. But then if the only other option to protect yourself is a firearm, then somebody dies. By the way, we're going to get these numbers on Friday on GDP. Uh, new orders for U.S.-made capital goods rose more than expected in September, wrapping up the quarter. A potentially record growth in business spending in the overall economy. Durable goods jumped a solid 1.9%, Commerce Department reporting. Um, and data for August revised higher to show that more ca- core capital goods increasing even more than uh, and, you know, now pretty much pulling above their pre-pandemic levels, which is great news for the economy and keeping Americans working. Imagine in the middle of the worst of COVID if medical manufacturers shut down and farmers shut down and packers shut down and truckers shut down. What would have happened? Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to eat or survive in states that were overrun by COVID at the time. I'm watching the president. He's uh, holding a rally in uh, Lansing, Michigan now. And now at every rally, he's he's playing videotapes on the jumbotron of Joe Biden lying and flipping and flopping and flailing on the issue of fracking and also being called out by Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik Bernie, his new uh, economic czar uh, for uh, pushing to cut Social Security and Medicare, and he just lies through his teeth. Maybe, or maybe he just doesn't remember. I don't know. Um, anyway, long discussions with these pollsters. I, they're all seeing the same thing, and that is the number of African Americans now. It is indisputable. It's every single poll. These are not outliers, and Hispanic Americans are literally we're doubling and tripling support for donald trump at this point i mean these massive numbers and uh it's just hard to break down some of the early voting well 62 million people already have voted early uh you always wonder about cheating project veritas by the way has a new voter fraud video that they're going to break on this show coming up uh, later in the program today we'll get a lot of your calls in, and we'll update you on the campaign trail. Leo Terrell and Burgess Owen and more. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 Sean. You know, it's so funny. Rush always talks about the stack of stuff that, you, that you know, all of us have in front of us and the voluminous, you know, articles we're reading every second of every day. And um, so I was reading about, the, I was talking about therapeutics 
and the vaccine and the the panic that Joe Biden is trying to put the country in with COVID as if there's no end in sight. Dark winter when just the opposite is true. We would not be this far along in final stage human trials if things were going poorly and they all started at the end at the end of July or early August. So if they don't stop them, it means that they're duplicating the success that they had in phase two. And then I was talking about therapeutics and I was looking for an article. So I said, Eli, uh, I said, General and Eli Whitney, Eli Whitney invented the cotton jet. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had my Joe Biden moment instead of Eli Lilly, the uh, the pharmaceutical giant. Oh, man, I'm, I am working too hard and getting way too little sleep here. You know, unlike Joe, I don't have time to nap every five minutes of every day, uh, which is pretty funny. Let me go to some early voting. Look, here's my analysis. If if the president wins Florida and I, I would say now we have the president leading in Florida. Now, again, Florida is always a tough state. You can't take any of this for granted. And Ohio. You know, I talked to Bill Cunningham. Bill Cunningham, I want a full report. Will the American people, the great Americans in the state of Ohio, will they vote for Donald Trump? Sean Hannity, I can report that Ohio is solidly red and going to go out enthusiastically and vote for Donald J. Trump. That's what he said. He's never been wrong. All these years, uh, we actually went on the campaign trail together. When did we go out? 2004 and 2008. And in 2004, we knew that George W. Bush was going to win Ohio. We just knew it. We could see it. You can feel it. And we went back in 2008, and it was just the opposite. I remember being on stage with Willie, and he's like, we're looking at each other. And I said, this is not good. He goes, no, this is not good. Uh, And we were right, unfortunately. Uh, But that was not going to happen. So assuming that, assuming Georgia... Um, now you've had some shifting demographics in Georgia in terms of people moving, leaning Democrat, moving into the state, same with North Carolina, uh, a little tighter. I did get some breakdown of the numbers of, of North Carolina. Um, and if, again, if that, that, these are must win states for the president, they really are same with Arizona. Anyway, uh, North Carolina Democrats have a 10.5 percentage lead over Republicans in early voting. Now, my my assumption and my discussions with all these pollsters, how much of this extra early voting is going to be cannibalizing day of voting? And I'm assuming some for the Democrats in particular. And if that's the case, then Election Day, assuming Everybody does their job and gets out to vote one week from now. And I mean, you better vote like your country depends on it because it does. Uh, We've been through what the stakes are in great detail yesterday. Then, you know, now now Donald Trump has to pick off. Assuming you hold Iowa, assuming you hold Arizona, North Carolina, Ohio, Georgia, Florida. And you hold your red wall. And. And then you've got now Pennsylvania. How could anybody, I'm really trying to understand this. uh, How could anybody in Pennsylvania not understand what Joe Biden's plan would do to the state of Pennsylvania by eliminating fossil fuels and fracking? You are talking about with fossil fuels, 
millions of high-paying career jobs. Same with the fracking industry and low, low oil prices. That, all of this has led to the manufacturing boom, which has helped states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan, and Wisconsin, and elsewhere. It's all because of the energy boom. One of the best underrated things and least discussed successes of Donald Trump has been energy independence for the first time in 75 years. And now the U.S. being the leader, the lead producer of energy in the world. It's just huge. Anyway, so if you look at North Carolina, you say, all right, well, Democrats have a 10 and a half point advantage over Republicans in early voting. Okay, you'd say, well, that's that's great for the Democrats. But if you compare it even to 2016, Democrats had a 13.1 percentage point lead there uh, in early voting. By the way, there's a great um, attorney general candidate out there would be the first Republican attorney general. uh, Jim O'Neill's running out in North Carolina. Another great guy. Um, Actually, a week to go is looking like the same as it did at the end of 2016. If these numbers keep getting pushed down. Uh, and if these numbers are real with every pollster, even the ever quoted and loved liberal Nate Silver 538, why don't they, why don't any of these polling companies or 538 ever get held accountable for the times they're wrong? But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll be right. I hope not. Cause I think that's like saying 87% chance Biden wins. I'm, I'm not buying it. After talking to Robert Cahaley of, of Trafalgar, who nailed it in 2016, Matt, uh, Matt Towery, who nailed it in 2016, McLaughlin, who nailed it in 2016, Rasmussen, who nailed it in 2016, they're all saying the opposite. This is a very, very competitive race. But, you know, remember, Michigan was only won by 10,700 votes. Wisconsin was only won by 22,000 votes. Pennsylvania only won by 44,000 votes. You better believe your vote matters here. Every single vote matters. If every person listening to this program in these in these very vital states, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, North Carolina, Iowa, certainly Arizona, Nevada, I mean, really, are all you union folks in Nevada, are you going to be voting Democrat this year? A lot of good they're doing for your jobs and your livelihoods and your families out there with their insane shutdown laws uh, because uh, he's not doing anything. Is anyone paying attention to what Joe Biden is doing and planning to do his stated policies? The amount of, he will destroy the energy sector in this country. And he's saying he's going to do it. He is literally going to abolish fracking and fossil fuels. And, you know, it's funny because when uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez was asked about it, she said, oh, I'm not worried at all that we have a, quote, disagreement on it. Because she's convinced that he's not going to be in charge. And uh, Congresswoman Omar said she and other progressives will force Biden to ban fracking. We will have a cohort of of progressives that are very clear about our objectives for wanting the implementation of Medicare for all and the Green New Deal, raising the minimum wage and not allowing for fracking. She said in an interview with Axios, then added 
and there has been a, a level of responsiveness to the policies progressives are advocating for that progressives know will have not just a, a future in the Biden administration, but a future in the upcoming administrations after his. Well, if they go along with the court packing and ending the legislative filibuster and amnesty for 15 million people, that I'm sure if something that valuable would be, it would almost be required and expected that you'll be a reliable Democratic vote for, you know, the rest of your life. Um, it's it's going to be dangerous. They had D.C. statehood to that that factor and another statehood. Anyway, it's a little scary. All of it's a little, you know, that's why I hope you understand the stakes are high here. Everybody's vote is going to matter. Everybody. And if you're in these swing states, you need to understand that you better get out and vote. If you can vote early, vote early. If you can't, you know, go on election day. Wait as long as you have to wait. By the way, Joe Biden out on the campaign trail today referred to his running mate's husband as Kamala's wife. Oh, boy. It's unbelievable. Uh, an expected crowd of 38 people for the big rally in Georgia. The media, they're so corrupt, they don't even show how tiny these Joe Biden events are. It's like, oh, I guess I got to get out there because, you know, I'm being embarrassed by Donald Trump, who's in the middle of another massive rally. One of what is he doing Four today? Four rallies today. Unbelievable. Joe Biden can barely survive answering three questions. He looked awful yesterday answering those questions. And, you know, Joe Biden keeps saying, you know, most of my donations are 49 bucks. Well, the majority of his donations are coming from the wealthiest zip codes, according to Business Pack Review. Blue Collar Joe, Scranton Joe, which is a big lie. Anyway, New York Times analysis, 25 million donations between April 1st and October 14th found the bulk of the former vice president's uh, cash coming from urban, well-educated, wealthy portions of the country. You know, highly educated idiots out of all common sense. Supreme Court siding with the GOP in the Wisconsin ballot dispute, and they cited before Amy Coney Barrett got on the court uh, which is a huge win for the president, huge win for the country, to be honest. 5-3 vote yesterday. Highest court refused to reinstate a lower court order uh, calling for mail ballots to be counted if they're received up to six days after November 3rd. I mean, how are we ever going to get an answer as who wins the election if this happens? At some point, especially if you have them early, you determine if it's a legitimate ballot, and on election day you start counting them. What's so hard about that? The longer it takes, the more suspicious I get. I really do. I don't. I just don't. I just just call it. A, I have a deep level of distrust. But I think the president's, you know, path to victory is really through Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, North Carolina, Ohio, Florida. So you know, Georgia. It's the same states. You know, one thing I think I'm noticing, too, uh, one smart thing the Trump campaign did is they took over the YouTube homepage. They actually bought it for 24 hours for an entire week before the election. I thought that was a pretty smart move on their part. Um, Hillary Clinton saying she's worried sick that Donald Trump could be reelected. It literally it makes me literally sick to my stomach to think that we'd have four more years of this abuse and destruction of our institutions.
She's just probably hoping for her own sake that the investigations that would prove her guilty uh, will come to a, a quick halt if, in fact, Joe Biden is elected. It's really scary. You know, the whole thing. Uh, Project Veritas uh, has a new videotape today of voter fraud going down in Texas. I mean, it's just so alarming what we're seeing. It really is. Anyway, one week from today, you're the ultimate jury. 62.6 million Americans so far have already voted. Um, And let's see, there's been 31 million 913 requested ballots by mail. Uh, The president is adding more and more events to his campaign schedule. He's in Lansing, Michigan, uh, West Salem, Wisconsin. He's also in Omaha tonight, back in Arizona, two events tomorrow. Uh, Biden had his 35 people event down in Georgia, and he's going to be off apparently tomorrow and then in Florida on Thursday. And he may even go out two days in a row, Thursday and Friday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the media let him get away with it. The questions he's not been asked, he's gotten away with. It's unreal. Big tech companies, institutions, the media mob, Democratic Party, weak Republican, rhino, phony Republicans, all against the president. The only thing that can prevent them from winning is you we the people you can you have the ability to shock the world one week from today and could you just imagine the mob and the media and their faces we can now project donald j trump has been re-elected the 45th president just think about that for a minute wouldn't that be worth the price of admission anyway we are fighting for the soul of america we know that the stated agenda of uh, kamala harris Bolshevik Bernie, Joe Biden, AOC, Bozo Beto. We know what it'll do to the country. Forget it. Turn it on its head. And I don't think we can recover. All right. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. So the media mob, they won't tell you the truth about zero experience Hunter. What do we know? Hunter Biden, we know all about Burisma. We know all about Joe leveraging a billion dollars. We all all know about the Kazakhstan oligarch and the wire transfer. The Russian oligarch, first lady of Moscow, three and a half million dollars, the wire transfer. We know about the Bank of China, one point five billion dollar deal. And of course, an expensive uh, shopping spree. We now have a report out on justthenews.com. That's John Solomon's website. Hunter Biden's 2017 rant about Burisma. I'm fighting for the only income I have left. I was fighting for the only income I have left right now from Burisma. And he wrote in a series of F-bomb laden text messages to Tony Bobolinsky, who is the chief executive officer of the China related venture uh, the Biden family was creating at the time. We'll get to, uh, of course, John first, but listen to the media and how they protect Joe, all things Democrats. What an extension they are of the of the press office of Joe Biden and the DNC. Listen to this. Biden secret emails. A really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails 
are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know. Russian. Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. So if Donald Trump would like to attack Vice President Biden's family tonight, mm, I don't know how well that's going to go over with the voters. But Joe Biden, he'll be ready. And let's just be clear. If the president decides to amplify these latest smears about the vice president and his surviving son, that is Russian misinformation. Okay, that is what he is doing, and we should call it as such. That is, well, the DNI, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, said no. The DOJ said no. Uh, Other intelligence agencies uh, all said no. It's a made-up, phony charge with zero evidence. Of course, the only Russian election interference that we do know of was Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier. Anyway, Greg Jarrett is with us, host of The Brief, his new podcast, author of two number one bestsellers on The New York Times, John Solomon, the editor in chief. This is uh, his growing news site, justthenews.com. And uh, he has an article out today on Hunter Biden's rant in 2017 about Burisma. I'm fighting for the only income I have left. By the way, Rasmussen reports uh, had tweeted out earlier today uh, comes now word that Hunter was in uh, business with a Chinese company in 2017 and may have taken five million dollars while stiffing his partner, Tony Bobolinsky. Moreover, the former vice president was a silent partner. Uh, the big guy in the operation whose name was never to be mentioned, Joe Biden. This is all not fair. This is all a lie. Russian disinformation. Anyway. Uh, John, we'll start with you and your news report. What'd you find? Yeah, listen, uh, Hunter Biden was concerned that once his father left office, all this money that had been circulating around in foreign countries and heading his way was going to dry up. And he, he writes an angry text message because at the time, uh, Bobolinsky, Tony Bobolinsky is running a Chinese venture that the Biden family and Bobolinsky have created together. And Hunter is not paying attention to that thing because he's trying to save his financial gig at Burisma. What was going on? Burisma had landed a um, Kazakhstan gas deal back in 2014 when Joe Biden was vice president and Hunter was on the board. And that deal was falling apart. And Hunter Biden was worried if that deal fell apart, fell apart, my gravy train, all this money I've been getting, $4 million, according to the Senate report, would dry up. And so he, he has a very terse exchange telling Bobolinsky, I don't got time for you in the China deal right now. I got to fight for the only income I have left. It really shows you how dependent Hunter Biden was on these foreign monies and how concerned he became once his dad was out of power that he wouldn't be on that foreign gravy train any longer. You know, Greg Jarrett, when you make comparisons, for example, the real Russian interference happened on Biden and Obama's watch. um, And apparently they knew a lot more than they were letting on, as we have discovered, even meetings inside the Oval Office in the days leading up to Trump's inauguration in January. And, you know, then we have Hunter Biden. We, we have Joe Biden on tape bragging about firing the prosecutor, investigating his son. Now we have Ron Johnson, Charles Gra- uh, Grassley's report. Then Bob Alinsky's, you know, text messages that apparently he spent hours with the FBI. Uh, you know, I assume it's another five years before we'll ever get to the bottom of this. Uh, but the reality is, is that they really did sell the country and put a, a for sale sign with the Biden family name all over it. 
And a lot of these deals uh, only happened in, in what is clearly cashing in on the fact that his, his father's the vice president of the United States. That's right. Hunter Biden is profiteering from his father. He's peddling influence and, importantly, access because his dad's a powerful uh, vice president of the United States at the time that many of these transactions were undertaken. And you're right, it's, it, you know, it is certainly the Chinese. It was very clever of Joe Biden to say, well, I haven't gotten a penny of it. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't going to. Uh, and as everybody knows, failing to succeed in robbing a bank is no less a crime than succeeding. Uh, and so when you've got in an equity split deal with the Chinese, the big guy, uh, who some, including Bobolensky, have identified as Joe Biden, uh, you know, getting a, you know, what would likely have been you know, tens of millions of dollars, you've got to wonder what's going on. Now there's new audio coming out, apparently, from Hunter Biden's laptop, in which Biden is fretting uh, about a conversation that uh, Joe Biden is having uh, with one of his, you know, business partners and fretting about how the media is peppering him and his father with telephone calls. Uh, You know, Almost every day, new, very compelling evidence, a treasure trove of evidence seems to be emerging. But I still maintain that the biggest problem Joe Biden has is his threat to withhold a billion in taxpayer money unless a Ukrainian prosecutor is fired who just happens to be investigating his son's company, Burisma. Uh, and there are emails here, apparently, from Hunter Biden's laptop, and he's, he's worrying about the Foreign Corruptions Act and, and trying to evade FARA, registering as a foreign agent. I mean, all of this has been in the hands of the FBI, and it's time that they're... But it's been in the hands of the FBI, we're told, since December of 2019. You know, so here we go again, and Director Ray, where's Director Ray? There are reports the president in a second term might fire Director Ray. Frankly, he's done nothing to clean up the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world, Greg. And what other crimes are we talking about here? I mean, uh, if you got wire transfers from Russian oligarchs and Kazakhstan oligarchs and you're going on expensive shopping sprees and you're getting sweetheart billion dollar deals with the Bank of China, uh, when you have no experience, just like no experience with Burisma, um, right. is, isn't that selling your office? Isn't that uh, sure. a, a, tight, a, a corruption? And doesn't that compromise a candidate and his family? Legally, the FBI and the Department of Justice should be looking at things like money laundering, uh, RICO, Racketeer Influence Corruption Act. Uh, there are a variety of other felony statutes that may have been violated, including tax evasion, SEC violations. All of this should be in front of a grand jury because the FBI's had the evidence uh, for more than a year now. You know, I'm trying to understand. I know that you have sources uh, that you used all throughout our, you know, three and a half hundred Russia, 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 Ukraine investigations, John. And I know that the rank and file special agents that, you know, watch these people abuse power at the highest levels of the FBI are disgusted. And yet no efforts been made to clean it out. Uh, you know, what did all these people know? When did they know it? And what have, whatever happened to John Durham? What happened to the indictments? 
You know, yeah. what? Ha- I mean, there was so much low-hanging fruit he had over a year ago that he could have yeah. gotten indictments on. There's no doubt. Craig has laid out the cases, and a first-year law student could have brought them in a, before a grand jury and got them done. It's a shame that the Justice Department and the FBI have been asleep at the switch under a president who didn't want them to be asleep. He wanted an aggressive pursuit of all crimes, anything that was wrong, and he hasn't gotten that from the Justice Department or the FBI. There is a lengthy, thorough investigation, but it didn't produce any real results before Election Day. And here's one of the things I want to go back to on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, because it's so important. It's so easy to say, well, it's just hapless Hunter Biden. He had a drug problem, an alcohol problem. He lost his mom in a car accident. He's a tragic figure. It's really not about Joe Biden, but that's not true. Time and time again, the evidence shows Joe Biden was facilitating, assisting, uh, making it possible for Hunter Biden to do what he was doing. 2011, Joe Biden hosts some Chinese businessmen in his uh, at, the, at the White House, who then go in business with uh, uh, Hunter Biden. 2013, he takes Hunter Biden on Air Force Two, and he meets with the future business partner that's going to put together the $1.5 billion Chinese investment fund. 2015, we have an email now that says he met with Ukraine Burisma officials, uh, the number two and number three official in Ukraine and Burisma. All throughout this process, Joe Biden is the enabler of these conflicts of interest. Joe Biden is the enabler of these corrupt foreign deals. And he can't walk away scot free saying, ah, that's Russian disinformation. There's no Russian disinformation. These are Hunter Biden's business partners that are coming out and dub, uh, making this information public. What are the crimes we're looking at here off the top of your head, Greg Jarrett? Well, uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act would be the main one I'd look at. Um, FARA violations, for sure. You know, you have to register as a foreign agent when you're engaging in, in conduct like this. And, I, you know, we do... Know that the grand jury subpoena that the FBI employed to seize the laptop uh, last December uh, arose out of a grand jury money laundering uh, in uh, investigation, and 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 so where where is that? All of this has been that was that was the Section Two Seven Two designation of of right. what they were looking into money laundering, correct? Right. Yeah, it, that's our understanding. But Christopher Ray has sedulously covered this up, uh, and, you know, which is why, as you well know, because I've said it to you a hundred times, you know, Christopher Ray needs to be fired. Bring somebody in who will uh, provide some accountability and transparency so that Americans know what's going on. But, it, you know, it may be too late. There's only a week left. Fifty-some-odd million Americans have already cast their ballot. Joe Biden is counting on the media to serve as football blockers as he limps toward the goal line, and he could succeed. Uh, that's pretty frightening, uh, and, and and he's out of it on top of it. Uh, all right, we'll take a break more with uh, Greg and John, uh, and then we'll have Project Veritas's James O'Keefe will join us uh, to talk about his latest undercover video that exposes uh, more voter fraud, this time in the state of uh, Texas. Well, full coverage of all of this and more tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. And as we continue, Greg Jarrett, John Solomon, and the massive Biden cover-up. So where does this go from here? Now, let's assume for a minute that that things are now breaking in Donald Trump's direction. If Donald Trump is reelected, I've got to imagine that there is, what, a special prosecutor appointed Greg Jarrett to look into the 
the Biden family corruption business? Well, I, I've never been a fan of them, and uh, the, the Mueller example is a is a perfect example of it. Now, I I think that if Trump wins, his Department of Justice under Bill Barr and 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 John Durham, the U.S. Attorney, um, needs to continue pursuing this. And but if if Joe Biden wins, it'll all be swept under the rug. And mostly because you've you've got now collusion between social media tech giants like Facebook oh, and Twitter working Stay. with the media. In the thirty seconds we have left, John Solomon, have we fully authenticated that laptop that everybody's been reporting on? I've not fully authenticated the full laptop. There are emails on there, about a half dozen or a dozen that we've reported that we've gotten independently authenticated. All the emails from Bob Alinsky have been authenticated, and all the business, uh, other business partners' emails have turned them over to journalists. There are two other business partners. They've all been authenticated. So about 80% of the new data about Hunter Biden's business deals are now authenticated by independent sources. But we haven't been able to authenticate the pictures and supposedly videos that are on there. Uh, that's correct. We have not, with the exception of a couple of, I have authenticated a couple of pictures, business-related pictures of Hunter Biden with business people who confirmed that those were they were there. That's a photo of us when we were together. Right. So there are a few. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, John Solomon, Greg Jarrett. When we come back, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, his latest undercover investigation, voter fraud, this time in the state of Texas. Next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. One week from today, Election Day, you are the ultimate jury. Let's go back and do two, play two things for you. Joe Biden again, no controversy with zero experience. Hunter Biden, and he's asked if Hunter's emails are part of the Russia disinformation campaign, which is the go-to on pretty much everything these days. If, uh, if you're guilty of something, just blame Russia. Or if you can't win an election, just blame Russia. Listen. Questions of controversy you can tell you about Hunter your son. There is no controversy about my son. It's all a lie. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. If you notice, while American people are talking about what's happening to their families, he has no plan. In the debate, he has no plan. Everything from the Wall Street Journal, every other major news outlet has said what he's saying is simply not true about my son. Do you believe the recent leak of material allegedly from Hunter's computer is part of a Russian disinformation campaign. From what I've read and know, the intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. Well, the real Russia hoax happened on his watch, which so many people seem to forget, including Hillary's dirty Russian misinformation dossier, uh, followed by that dossier then being used as a bulk of information to acquire four separate FISA court warrants, which we know was done under the pretense of premeditated fraud because they're unverifiable. And even the FBI knew in January of 2017 that Christopher Steele's subsource uh, happened to be a known Russian agent uh, operative for over a decade. And they knew Steele had an agenda. They knew Hillary paid for it. And they kept all that information from the FISA court and then spied on a, on President Trump's campaign, his transition team, and then deep into his presidency. Uh, but the reality is uh, all of these issues involving zero experience Hunter Biden and the billion dollars that Joe leveraged our money 
uh, to get a prosecutor, Victor Shokin, fired so zero experience Hunter can make millions in Ukraine happen. We know that there's a wire transfer, $3.5 million with a Russian oligarch, former first lady of Moscow. There is a wire transfer to Hunter's firm from a, a Kazakhstan oligarch. Uh, we know the $1.5 billion Bank of China deal made by zero experience Hunter 10 days after he flew with his dad on Air Force Two to China. Then there's the $100,000 family shopping spree courtesy of a Chinese national. Anyway, here, somebody that's been following this uh, probably as closely or, or even more so than us is our colleague over at Fox. Uh, she anchors the morning show on the Fox Business Channel, has her own weekend show on Fox News Channel, also has a brand new book out today, The Cost, Trump, China, and the American Revival. Uh, Maria Baratiromo is with us. Uh, here we are one week away, Maria, and uh, now they're talking about blaming Russia already. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, Sean. I mean, it just seems to me that the people who defrauded the public the most and committed the most fraud in 2016 are the very same people that want to be back in power. These are the people who abuse the power by turning the apparatus of the U.S. government, the intelligence apparatus, turning that into weapons against the sitting president. These are the same people that abused power in 2016 that I write about in the book. They want to now be back in power. Well, it's not only would they be back in power, it probably would mean only, I guess, because it's taken so long with John Durham that those that are responsible would never be held accountable. That that would be a great fear of mine, because then they'll, they'll be emboldened to go even further next time. Well, that is a great fear. And you hope that John Durham is going to do the right thing and ensure that people are held accountable. I can tell you that based on many people that I've spoken with, you've spoken with, I believe there will be indictments after the election. Unfortunately, they did not hold people accountable before the election, and that may very well result in the fact that many Americans still do not understand what truly took place. I mean, I think, you know, a big portion now have a much clearer idea now that we've seen the declassified handwritten notes and the declassified witness testimony, but there's still a big portion of American America that does not understand that this president had a coup against him, that, you know, they used the intelligence agencies, that is entrapment and spying and leaking and lying to Congress. All of these things took place against a sitting president. We know what took place. We know how they schemed and they cheated, but not everybody does. So it's unfortunate. I hope that we will see accountable fairly accountability the the problem maria is the media our so-called colleagues in the media i call them the mob because they have a mob mentality uh they're 99 percent pretty much just an extension of all things radical democratic socialist and and all things to elect joe biden uh they had no desire i mean the, the the breathtaking is hypocrisy you know look at the ukraine impeachment Okay, they were looking for a quid and a pro and a quo, and you got Joe Biden on tape bragging. You have six hours, fire the prosecutor, or you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars. The prosecutor investigating his son, who goes on Good Morning America and admits he has no experience. Uh, They didn't care. They didn't care about 
Russian interference when it came to Hillary Clinton's Russian disinformation dossier. They didn't care about uh, abuse of power, corruption as it relates to subpoenaed emails that were deleted and bleach bit and hammers and everything else involved with that. They didn't care about premeditated fraud on a FISA court. They didn't. Not one time did any Democrat that I can name say a single word about it. Not one colleague of ours in the media ever reported on any of this. And it's never been this and corrupt. Not, and they're still not. And we just witnessed that in our faces the other night on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, which was really unfortunate. It was obviously exposing uh, just an uninformed situation there. I mean, that's what that exposed. In, in October of 2020, if you're going to say you can't verify that this president was spied on, well, then you're just uninformed, unfortunately. Look, I think that at this point... Is it, no, is, it's not one informed. I might be a little meaner than you. It's just willful ignorance, and frankly, it, they are advancing a political agenda. Leslie Stahl, 60 Minutes, our so-called media colleagues have an agenda. The, the press office extension of the Democratic Party. Well, you know, in some corners, I do believe that's true. I, I don't I didn't I didn't realize that Leslie was Leslie Stahl was part of it. But there's, there's really very it's hard to come to any other conclusion. I, I agree with that. Look, I, I, they won Pulitzer Prizes for it, Sean. Right. I mean, they wrote all for this being stuff. wrong. They won Pulitzer Prizes. So they're sticking to it. They're digging in. And I don't know how you can approach your job as a journalist and not have a burning to tell the truth, to seek the truth. I mean, look, I learned it, understood it, and was seeking the truth. You wanted to seek the truth. That's what we did. Unfortunately, they did not, and they ignored all the other successes that this president has achieved. I mean, Adam Schiff, really, uh, an elected official, going on all these TV networks and saying that the president committed collusion and it's in plain sight, and then walking off the TV cameras and going behind closed doors and interviewing 70 witnesses and every which, every one of them, 30 witnesses at a clip, every one of them said, no, we have no evidence of collusion. He gets out of the closed doors, he goes on the set of CNN and MSNBC, and he says collusion is plain sight. That is disgusting. And, you know, this is what we write about in the book. The fact that this president has faced the most resistance that any leader has in all of history. At the same time, he's clocking in win after win. Economic policy, foreign policy, keeping promises, creating jobs. I mean, we for the first time in decades, in earlier this year before COVID showed up, we actually saw income inequality narrow for the first time in decades. This is what we've been hearing from the left for years. Income inequality. How are you going to move the needle? How are you going to move the needle? Our approach and their approach meaning is to just give it away, give money to people who are on the lower end of the income scale. Donald Trump had a different idea. Open up the spigot of opportunity. Create jobs. Give people all they can opportunity so that they can work, they can make money on their own, they can work hard and achieve success and make money on their own. That will push wages up, and that's exactly what happened. But, but they, you know, but he's, but this, but there. Listen, every institutional force from the media mob, big tech companies, the Democratic establishment, the party establishment, 
Uh, and even the Republican Party establishment types, rhino Republicans, weak, they're not even really Republicans. They are aligned against this man to defeat him. How do you see this race playing out? Look, frankly, I think I think President Trump is going to get a second term. I think that it's uh, just beyond comp- it's just beyond to think about the other side and the crimes that have been committed. I think the American people are onto this. Um, and, I, and I think you're right in terms of the resistance from all ends of government. But now at least you've got those people around him in the Republican Party understanding what he's done. And they are getting behind him now. It's been it's it, you're right. It's, it's really a disgrace that it's taken this long. But he does have his base now within the Republican Party. And I think that the American people are on to the corruption on the other side. And by the way, he said the other day he wants um, term limits for Congress. I'm all in on that. He's right. The American people need to under need to know that the people representing them are actually representing them and not sitting around for 47 years. I mean, look at San Francisco. This is Nancy Pelosi's district. Look at L.A. and throughout California, Adam Schiff's district. The homelessness problem, the drugs, needles on the floor. San Francisco was a mess when I was there earlier this year in January. We've been sending people out there. Well, hang in there. Uh, Maria Baratoromo is with us. Her new book is out. We have it on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Just out today, bookstores everywhere. The Cost, Trump, China, and the American Revival. One week from today is Election Day. We'll get back into the election on the other side. Burgess Owens will join us. And James O'Keefe, Project uh, Veritas, uh, gives us his latest dump, uh, this time voter fraud in the state of Texas. All right, our final moments, uh, Maria Baratoromo is with us, Fox uh, Business and, and Fox News Channel. Your Sunday show, by the way, gets massive ratings uh, on the Fox News Channel. Congratulations, and you have that very successful morning show every day. Uh, it's great that you're on both networks. Uh, her new book is called The Cost, Trump, China, and the American Revival. In just a little over a minute that we have left, um, it really always seems to come down to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, assuming the president's going to hold North Carolina, Arizona. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I think in those states, you want to really uh, ensure that we're talking about oil and gas and the industry there. You know, you're talking about 10 million jobs in the oil industry. Seven and a half million jobs would be affected if Joe Biden decided to close down fracking. And that's going to be a major issue for the economy because there are a lot of direct as well as indirect jobs that are attached to fracking, whether it's deep deep drilling or, or whether it's the service companies, et cetera. There are all the indirect jobs related. So that would be a real major issue for these people and for those communities. I think people in Pennsylvania have been talking a lot about that. I know the president's talking about it. Unfortunately, Joe Biden keeps going back and forth, and we know how Kamala Harris feels, as well as Biden, on uh, fossil fuels. They want to do away with them entirely. That's one of the levers that this president used to really change the story on the economic growth story. It was number one, tax cuts, number two, deregulation, number three, new trade deals, and number four, opening the spigot on energy. It moved the needle on economic growth, moved the needle on jobs, and he's promising to do it again in the second term. All right, Maria, congratulations on the book uh, at Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Maria Baratoromo, Thank you. 800-941-SHAWN, our number. When we come back, Leo Terrell on the campaign trail for the president. Burgess Owens is surging out in Utah in his quest for the 4th Congressional District out there. We'll talk to him.
quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. One of the uh, big questions that came out of the debate, and uh, I thought the president just pounded Joe Biden on his crime bill and and referring to inner city youth as as predators and super predators. And Biden even admitting, yeah, I was wrong to support that bill. I think it was more wrong to praise the former segregationist Kamala Harris called him out on the debate stage during the primary. And she said she wouldn't even be in the Senate if the people that Joe Biden praised had had their way and saying that the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, is uh, his friend, his mentor, and then partnering with Byrd, the guy that, again, filibustered the Civil Rights Act, was against the Voting Rights Act and partnered with Joe Biden to stop the integration of schools. Uh, As Kamala Harris had said, she was that little girl. And uh, tried to stop it in the late 70s and because uh, he didn't want his own kids, according to him, his own words, going to schools that were racial jungles. Uh, that history now seems to be having an impact on the race. Every single poll, a minimum Donald Trump seems to be getting with African-Americans is 15 percent. Uh, Even uh, the ever so liberal Nate Silver, the gold standard for all things corrupt left media mob, uh, even he's recognized that African-Americans, especially those below the age of 60, are moving in big numbers to Donald Trump. And the same with Hispanic Americans, double digits in each case. Uh, Anyway, here's, here's Joe's history of racial issues. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So fully, I'm not joking. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. I think the two-party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the good for the black in the South. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Although I and my colleagues behind me revere the Senate, uh, Robert C. Byrd elevated the Senate. I think, you know, to, 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 to even answer your question more deeply, I think, you know, when it comes to those black people, you say you see who may be, you know, showing support for Trump. I just think, you know, it's because Trump is actually talking to young black male voters. He's directing ads towards them. They are a group that, you know, never get courted. I mean, black people don't get courted either as a whole. But that old Democratic regime it speaks to old black men and they think everyone else in the black community, the black family is just supposed to fall in line. They know black women are, are going to show up regardless. And, you know, they like I said, they speak to older black men and they think the rest of us all speak the same language. So Trump is targeting young black males and promo and marketing. It works. Well, and Donald Trump, not Barack Obama, Joe Biden set record low after record low after record low unemployment levels 
for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. And during the last debate, the president went through his platinum plan designed to, to, to help uh, minority neighborhoods in their redevelopment, just like uh, he set up opportunity zones, just like his biggest commitment to historically black colleges ever in governmental history for the longest period of time with the most amount of money um, and criminal justice reform and police reform. Joe and Barack didn't get any of that done. Joining us now at the Leo Terrell official campaigner now on the uh, Trump campaign. He's out uh, all over the country campaigning. Burgess Owens now is closing in. Uh, and has a great shot at winning Utah's 4th Congressional District. I hope everybody out in uh, Utah paying attention to this race and go out and vote for Burgess. Uh, Anyway, former NFL star, won the uh, Super Bowl, uh, which is an experience you'll always treasure. Uh, Leo, what city are you in today? Well, no, I'm back in Los Angeles. I'm scheduled to go back to Ohio, but, Sean, I'm telling you right now, the movement towards Trump is real. You look at real clear politics. They put Florida and Ohio, that was one of my states that I went to, back in the Trump category. And the bottom line is this. Biden is a racist. And black people are voting their economic pocketbook like every other American. And I'll sit here and tell you this, that honestly and truly, the trend is towards Trump because more blacks are going to vote for Donald Trump than any other previous Republican nominee. The reason why is that platinum plan, $500 billion in economic investment over the next four years. And we've talked ad nauseum about all the things he has done. But I'm telling you, Sean, when I was in Ohio, when I was in North Carolina, people didn't see color. They saw a president who is trying to move this country together the unit. The Democrats are nothing more than racist dividers, and they're playing the race card. And last point. Trump, I mean, uh, Obama is in Philadelphia. He's in Miami. You know why? Those are Democratic strongholds, and that's because the black vote is shifting Republican. And, you know, look at how come somebody like Barack Obama and Joe Biden, you know, 4,000 homicides in Chicago while they're president and vice president, they never lifted a finger for Chicago. 20,000 shot in Chicago. They didn't lift a finger None of the things that Donald Trump accomplished for African-Americans and minorities in this country, Burgess Owens, did they ever accomplish uh, as as leaders in the Democratic Party? Why is that? Well, first of all, BurgessForUtah.com. And uh, the difference is this. Uh, and, and somebody just mentioned earlier that uh, President Trump has been marketing toward the black community. Now, what he's been doing is putting, putting together policies to help all Americans. And that's the reason why you have the lowest unemployment for blacks, Hispanics, Asian women, veterans, teens, uh, that, because he cares about America's first. One of the things that happened through Obama is we had 83% of black boys across this country, black teens across this country, unemployed, and he never talked about it. We had, we had murder rates going up. We had abortion rates going up. These are things that bring misery to, uh, to any people, particularly those at risk. And that I, I will say this: the greatest president of President Obama, he was such a lousy president, and, and Biden was such a lousy vice president that people walk up and say, "What's happened to hope and change?" We're seeing today that people are asking themselves, "What happened to hope and change?" And they're leaning toward the light. The light is hopefulness. The light is opportunity. And it doesn't matter what what our color is, what our religion is. 
We love the same thing as Americans, an opportunity to fulfill the American dream. And we're seeing that with President Trump, and it's the, it's the, the actions, the actual results that's getting the black Americans, Hispanic Americans, gay Americans that are finally leaving the plantation. I'm so excited to join people like, like Leo. We're on the same team as this one. I tell you what, no question, we understand what it was to grow up in a community that was, was positive for, uh, moving forward. Back in the 60s, and now we see yeah. what has been turned upside down. So I'm excited about where, where we're heading off to right now. It took me a lot of years to finally convert Leo, you know, Burgess. Uh, it took a lot, of, a lot of heavy lifting, prayer, and fasting on my part to get this guy, you know, well, start Leo, thinking Leo, right. Leo has endorsed me, so I'm, I tell you, I'm all in. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate I endorse it. Burgess Owens. <laughs> I endorse him completely. I'll tell you right now, when Joe Biden, you listed a long list of, of racist statements. When he said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That was it. I was off the plantation, and I'm happier now. You see me smiling more because I have realized that I'm on the right side, and that's Donald Trump. By the way, I've already voted for Trump two weeks ago. Uh, well, all right. Well, you were, you voted early. I did not vote early. Uh, can people vote early where you are, by the way, Burgess? Yes, yes. Actually, the, the, the ballot's already in. We've been doing it for eight, eight nine years, so we, we have it. We have it down to a science. We know how to get it done right. So uh, I'm excited about that for sure. That'll be a big pickup to get that seat, and you have a very good chance of winning that seat, the Utah District 4. Uh, all right, so Leo, you've been out and about. So tell us what the experience is like. Do people recognize you when you're out on a campaign trail? What's it like? I, I'll tell you right now, and I'm humbled by it because it's almost like... And I, yeah, there's I, I, nothing I humble by. about Leo no, 2.0, but go no, ahead. I have, to, I have to say this, but you know what? The, 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 the people on the, the, the left-wing media, they don't get the Midwest. They don't understand it. When I was out there in Ohio and Michigan and in those states, those battleground states, those people care about America. They put country first. And I'll tell you right now, the CNN, the MSNBC, they misrepresent what people are thinking about in those battleground states. Donald Trump put country first. When I was in those areas, when I was in Ohio and Michigan, Sean, I was treated almost like a rock star because they saw me aligned with Trump. They saw me supporting the Trump principles. And I'm telling you right now, there is tremendous energy just frenzy energy in those battleground states and i'm telling you right now the momentum is shifting the west the inside the beltway they don't get what's going on in those battleground states they don't get it you know i'm, I'm watching this election and it certainly seems like like there's been a big huge momentum shift and we're seeing it in all of these swing states and i think people you know, that maybe were on the fence or just didn't want to or weren't really engaged in the in the political process. I think they watched the last debate. They saw President Trump. They saw Joe Biden. I mean, you watch Joe Biden give a speech, Burgess, and it's like watching paint dry. And it's like, oh, the dark winter is coming and COVID. I'm like, does this guy ever read any medical journals or any newspaper articles that were on the verge of a vaccine that we have new therapeutics uh, that we've done more testing than any country by by fifty fold for crying out loud. Well, see, first of all, we're seeing the miracle of America, Sean, in front of our eyes, and I, I know this because I've seen our history. We we the people come together when we when we feel attacked, whether it be Pearl Harbor, nine eleven. This last year, we now understand across the board, Democrats, Independents, Republicans, that we have been under attack by the left that's been trying to take away our our rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Once we understand, once we wake up, we just win, baby, as Al Davis used to say. So I'm excited about this because the values of when I was growing up. In, in the deep south, the values here and across our country, the Midland, it's all about four things, education, faith, 
They have the free market and the family. We commit to those things. No matter who, who we are, when we get here, what language we speak, we commit to those four tenets. We are literally one generation away from middle class, and if you fall out of it like I did, you're literally years for getting back into it. That's the promise of America. We commit to the right tenets, and anybody can succeed. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're going to win the House back, get the Senate, keep our president for the next four years, who shows what American lead, lead, uh, loving leadership looks like. The next four years are going to be a true renaissance for our nation. We're going to come together like we never have before, because Americans, when we win, we unite. And we're going to be able to also see who our true enemy is. I don't think the left's going to be able to accept the results if it goes to Donald Trump. I think they'll lose their minds like they lost it the last time. And here we go, another four years of Russia, Russia. Um, You can already see him setting it up. But, you know, the alternative is is the most radical, extreme, democratic, socialist agenda that will bankrupt this country, eliminate free markets and capitalism and fossil fuels and energy, the lifeblood of the world's economy. And it will lead. Honestly, I am convinced these stated policies will drag this economy down in four years. It will be a sewer. And you'll be begging to have Donald Trump back if, God forbid, that happened. But I I still think he's going to pull this out. Quick break. We'll come back. Leo Terrell, Burgess Owens, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Uh, His latest uh, video, this one on voter fraud in the great state of Texas, that's coming up. All right, final moments at the Leo Terrell and Burgess Owens uh, with us. Burgess, of course, running for Utah's 4th Congressional District. Leo Terrell, when are you getting back out on the road uh, for the campaign? I told him, please, I want to be a Sean Hannity correspondent back in Ohio because I thought that was very You want to go back to Ohio? What what is it about Ohio? You going to move there next? By the way, if you moved out of Southern California, you'd save a fortune. Oh, I, I know. But let me sit here and say this, John. Uh, we've been telling you this, and you were leery about this. Donald Trump's going to get over 20% of the black vote. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a record number of black voters. He's going to make historical gains for the Republican Party because he redefined it. And I'm telling you right now, I may go back on the road either Thursday and Friday as a Fox News slash Hannity correspondent out there on the road campaigning. I love it. And by the way, you should stop in Utah in the 4th Congressional District yes. and help out Burgess. He's my buddy. I endorse him. <laughs> I know, but, it, you know, if it was Leo 1.0, it would have been the kiss of death for Burgess Owens. Oh, you know, please. You, look, you lost that bet. You cannot bring up 1.0 ever again. <laughs> you cannot bring up 1.0. Hey, Burgess, he used to come on the TV show, and I'd get him so pissed off and worked up, he'd rip out his earpiece, rip off his microphone, and walk off the set on me. Burgess, can you believe that? I remember debating Leo, so believe me, I'm excited about uh, about how how we've all we can all go end up uh, moving toward the light, and I appreciate that. Let me just say this: I'm, I'm excited about the fact that uh, the the black community, as Leo just mentioned, is going to be a game changer this time. How how cool is it that that the race that's been used and abused for decades by the left can now we're finally waking up? Thanks for. Uh, how miserable life has been made to us by them, and we can literally be the country, be, be, be the race that not only brings our my, my community back to the best of socialism, but in the process of doing that, bring our country back. And I'm so excited about us being able to say, because we love America first, and we and, and we and we go toward our principles and values as opposed to uh, policies of uh, uh, a party and a politician. We're going to actually be in the lead of showing what it takes to leave the plantation for good and bring our country again back to the light, which we end up doing right now. And look, I'm very much excited about it. All right, got to leave it there. Thank you, Leo Terrell. Thank you, Burgess Owens. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. The latest installment. James O'Keefe will unveil his latest undercover project for Project Veritas. 
This time, uh, we got voter fraud in the state of Texas, and he's going to share what he discovered next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Project Veritas back at it again. And, you know, we keep hearing over and over again, oh, no, voter fraud, that's not real. You know, that's just a Republican or conservative talking point. Uh, And uh, nobody in the media looks into it. Well, Project Veritas and their founder, CEO James O'Keefe, went down on the ground in, in Texas, of all places, and, quote, our journalists discovered a voter fraud system positioned to swing Texas in 2020, he said. Talks about so-called ballot chasers using a, a mix of gifts and coercion to work down their list of targeted voters and make sure that they vote uh, the way they are wanted to vote and which would obviously violate federal state law and it'd be a direct threat to the integrity of the election. Um, let me play two of the cuts from this investigation. It's uh, O'Keefe. It's her name is Raquel Rodriguez. And you can hear her convincing a woman to change her vote uh, to a Democrat. In other words, person's going to vote for John Cornyn. No, no, no. Don't vote for John Cornyn. And uh, then we have Raquel Rodriguez. Everything I am doing is illegal and admitting it on undercover tape. Let's play it. I'm just going to break break it down to you as simple as I can, because mm-hmm. it's good for you to understand. Right. OK, so what I do is I literally get the vote. Mm-hmm. She didn't vote for who we wanted her to vote. For. I know. That was... Now, if I was there earlier mm-hmm. before she did that, mm-hmm. I would have caught it. And that would have never happened. That would have never happened. Right. But. When it does happen, all they need to do is check the next person, put a line through it, put their initials, and that's done. She was like, like she didn't want to do it at first, and then you reminded her that she was a Democrat. You said you're voting straight Democrat for our yeah, conversation, uh-huh. and and she's like, well, yeah, you know what, you're right. And you're then right. she changed. Uh, I mean, she was voting for clearly voting for John Cornyn. And then you made her, that's you my, were able to... But that's my job. The 10 ladies that I'm going to tomorrow, mm-hmm. their ballots are going to be empty, mm-hmm. okay? So I got to have, because they're in precinct two, I got to take all these 10 ballots to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm going to have it already filled out of who I want, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm going to say, listen, those are my choices, like who I like, because I'm going under me. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. And mm-hmm. they're going to say, oh, okay, well... Yeah, we'll just vote. You saw how it works. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it's not being persuasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it is being persuasive. Oh. That right there is against the law for me to tell her. Like, you realize you voted for. You can't really. You're not sway supposed to like say that. nothing. You just let them fill it out. All you do is let them fill it out, uh-huh. and then I'm not even supposed to give them a stamp. Or not even supposed to pick it up, right? I, I, everything I've done right back right now is wrong. Okay, like these are the people that did the ballot today. Yeah. Okay, these are my ballots. The people, I, I'm taking them back. You're taking what back? The ballots. From where? From them. Oh, and bringing them where? To post office. Oh. These are people that both voted that day, right? Look, these are all the chips. Yep. Okay, I So, have... on a day like that, how many ballots do you think that you can do that with? I've already done, I don't know, probably like... 1800. Wow. Wow, that's it's a lot of trips to the post office. It's a lot of everything. Those are illegal to have. Okay. I gotta go to the post office right now and drop yeah. it off, okay? Do you go to like any particular post office? Like I what, go throughout the what? entire city. So if so I have a bunch of them, what I'll do is if I have a bunch of them, mm-hmm. I'll take 
20 here, 30 here, 40 here. Oh, to here. mix it up, not the same post office. Of course not. Yeah. What I do in picking up the balance when he was with me, that's illegal. I could go to jail. So I, I, I'm a little apprehensive to tell somebody, you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? And again, once he works with me once, he's gonna say she's. I, I guess Trump was right. <laughs> I'm sorry. About doing illegal? I'm sorry. About doing something illegal? Yeah. <laughs> they all said he was willing. Oh hell no, he's not. It's true. Because you're not supposed to do that. I had to take him beer. I was like, are y'all going to come and vote or not? And they're like, we're going to meet you right now. I said, come meet me because um, when you get to the bar, I'm going to have a bucket of beer for all of y'all to drink. So they're like, I don't do it. I just took care of it. Yep. The owner just said, your bucket's there. Yep. I, I so it's beers and ballots. All right, joining us now is the CEO, founder, and president Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. Uh, why don't you give us the full context of what you found down there and what it is we just heard? Hey, thank you, Sean. This is a political consultant in San Antonio. Raquel Rodriguez works for judges, local candidates, and this is the most clear evidence, maybe even more so than the Ilan Omar tapes in Minnesota, where she collects all these ballots, which is illegal in Minnesota. She drops them off the post office to, quote, avoid suspicion, and she coerces people, older people, to vote a certain way. In this case, it would be for Democratic Senate, U.S. Senate candidate Hagar, switching votes from Republicans to Democrats. She says, that's my job. She says it's blatantly illegal, and she tells our undercover person not to tell anybody, otherwise she'd go to prison. And this is kind of a, an open secret. This is in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, maybe just like we always do, Sean, we're getting stuff on tape. We're confirming what we suspect to be true. There's one quote in the state where she actually says, we say, I guess Trump is right. And she says, yes, Trump is right about the fraud and all the illegality. So this is a real uh, smoking gun, and, and uh, we have reason to believe this woman will be arrested by the Attorney General of Texas in the next 24 hours. Have they asked for the tapes that you've acquired here? Are you, did you work with the state of Texas on this? Yes, they've reached out to me today or yesterday, and uh, we are giving them some of the raw tapes. We're, we're kind of making an exception here because this woman is violating so many laws, federal law, state law. I mean, she's on tape know. saying, you know, you, you call her a ballot chaser, I guess, whatever, harvester, chaser. I'm not sure what the proper term is, but <clears throat> even saying you know, pressuring people to change their vote in the, in the case of the Senate race with John Cornyn that's going on down there. That's my job. And I can honestly say I'm bringing at least 7,000 votes to the polls. And she said that Garza gave her uh, a $2,500 gift budget. Can you explain who Garza is? And then we'll get to the other things she's saying. Yeah, this is a local congressional candidate his name is Maura Garza. He's actually a Republican, but he's an anti-Trump Republican. He's a never-Trumper. And Raquel Rodriguez says that Garza gave her, gave her $2,500 to go chase ballots. Now, chasing ballots or ballot harvesting is illegal in Texas. In fact, one of the women that is kind of the, the top political official in San Antonio there says that, says that it's illegal and says, I'm not going to go to jail and do this. But this is what Raquel does, and she works for these people. These are candidates, local local judges, that pay her to go get votes. And she says she can get $8 a vote or $11 a vote. She talks about doing this with thousands of ballots. This is so significant, Sean. It could sway 
the election in Texas. And this giving voters gifts to secure a vote, like what she does on tape, she gives her a scarf, this older woman, she gives her a scarf and switches the vote. This is in violation of Texas Election Code 276 and federal law 52 U.S.C. 10307. You can't do that. And uh, I, I hope, Sean, that people go to jail. People always ask me, where is the Department of Justice? Well, maybe they're going to take some time, but hopefully the state of Texas can prosecute. Uh, and if they do that, this will make this a really big news story in the mainstream media, which is where we need it to, to be. Is there any other monies that are coming in for this effort? Because 2500 bucks as a gift budget doesn't seem like a lot of money. Um, doesn't seem like she's paying a lot if it's a scarf or five or ten bucks for a vote. Um, but maybe it's a lot of money to somebody that doesn't have any money. Well, you know, this is local politics, dear. This is how it works. The, 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 uh, Raquel Rodriguez says, um, my seniors, she's talking about older voters, I'm going to your house, I'm doing your ballot, I have a bunch of ballots, I'll take 20 ballots here, 30 ballots here, 40 ballots here, and she says, I go to different post offices so as not to arouse suspicion. So she's literally doing doing crimes you're saying it's not a lot of money well you know she says i can do 55,000 votes for $5,000 it's not a highly paid activity but these are local races local judges local candidates and uh, i've been Well Cornyn's a senate race that's a statewide race and you know she even admits on tape that quote i can go to jail i'm a little apprehensive to tell anybody what i'm effing doing you know what i'm saying and you know, you, you're vote, you're voting straight Democrat per our conversation because that's what you want to do. Correct? Sounds like a wink, wink, nod, nod moment to me. Um, and you're right. She said, "I'll drop off bundles of ballots at different post offices to avoid suspicion." I go through the entire city. I'll take twenty ballots here, thirty ballots here, forty ballots here. And what you've been able to discover undercover is a voter fraud system to basically switch or you know, the state of Texas rigged the state of Texas to go Democrat in 2020. Yeah, this is, she says she's done this thousands and thousands of times. So this could swing elections. And this is the thing, Sean, that the direct, remember the director of the FBI, Chris Ray, said this voter fraud doesn't exist. Remember when he said that a yep. month ago? And people say Trump is wrong. In the tape, Raquel Rodriguez actually says, no, Trump is right. This is a woman committing fraud on behalf of various people, including Democratic uh, uh, U.S. Senate candidate in Texas. Said, no, Trump's right. There's, it's totally illegal about what we're doing. And it's true. And she says, you're not supposed to be doing this. Don't tell anybody. She says, I wouldn't look good in stripes. So this is an incredible piece of reporting. I'm very proud of our undercover people who, who built the rapport with this individual. And the real issue, Sean, is if you're listening to this program and you're in Texas, contact your governor, contact your attorney general. Uh, this woman violated so many state laws. And what is going to happen? You know, why, why aren't these people in jail? Uh, it's just amazing that people get away with this. And our media just just doesn't do anything about it, Sean. And, and it's just time for us to well, And it's very sophisticated because she's describing basically people that she can easily manipulate for example, uh, she talks about taking people to bars and getting things to eat for them and giving them beer. Um, and are you going to come or vote or not? Uh, I'm going to have a bucket of beer for you all to drink. I'll just take care of it. And uh, people are like, really, you're going to pay for everything? Sure. What do you want me to do? And she acknowledges repeatedly it's illegal. You're right about what she said about Trump. Trump was right, you know, about this stuff being illegal. 
Uh, you know, you're not supposed to be doing any of this, she goes on and says. And anyway, she then told you all how she chases the ballots and then says, you want to go to jail? Because I'm not. Uh, you know, it's pretty unbelievable to me that she, she's that open about it. Yeah, she talks about that. I call this the beer for ballots. She says she takes people to a bar and she gets them beer and has to buy them, quote, effing beer in order to get them to vote a certain way. That's also a state crime. You can't, you can't give people gifts in exchange for a vote. But remember, all of this is a thing that the powers that be in the media and in our, in our beloved federal government says does not exist. This is impossible. It doesn't happen. It's not widespread. So what we're doing is we're piercing the veil. And it's really thanks to people who send us these tips at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com, brave people on the inside. Local people in San Antonio have been telling me they've been trying to work this story for, for decades. But you can't break through. You can't. But this is on video. This, is, this woman is on tape. The video is getting millions of views on social media. Uh, local news is going to cover it today. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, Sean, there's going to be a lot of mail-in ballot fraud, absentee ballot fraud, ballot harvesting like we've never seen. And it's very crucial that citizens out there come to Project Veritas. I hope this inspires you to do that. Uh, I think this woman will, I think there's a warrant out for her arrest as of either today or tomorrow. And the Attorney General of Texas should be issuing a statement momentarily. Unbelievable. Great work, Project Veritas. Uh, we have the link up on Hannity.com, also uh, at ProjectVeritas.com. Uh, great work, James O'Keefe. Uh, we'll show some of this on Hannity tonight. Thank you for being with us and sharing it with us, as always. Thank you, Sean. Look forward to it. Thanks. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. We will have the latest analysis state by state, one week away, and you are the ultimate jury, and our pollsters will join us. We got Dan Bongino, Geraldo Rivera, LJ, Lawrence Jones out on the road with the president, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, Larry and Leo, and much more. Nine Eastern, Hannity, Set Your DVR, Fox News. We'll see you tonight at nine, back here tomorrow, six days, and you are the ultimate jury. Best election coverage available on your radio dial. The Wednesday edition of the Sean Hannity Show. <laughs> 